Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of The Casual Criminalist with me, your host, Simon. And in this one, it's the Titanic PCP incident. And I know nothing about this. What happens on this show is Callum will write me a script, I will read it. I often have no idea about these other than, you know, the very big cases that we've all heard of. Um, I've never heard of this. I'm thinking PCP? Isn't that that hallucinogenic drug? And I kind of thought this was like, uh, what's that one? The other, the big famous one, like acid or whatever, or LSD. Not PCP. Or maybe PCP something entirely different, and I'm very mistaken, as we will soon find out. I'm going to read this. Let's just uh, jump in. It's a short one today, by the way, and I'm guessing, I think, there's probably not any major bits of murder, because this is like a different criminal one. So, you know, I, I can see in the stats, like, the shorter ones are less popular. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of people are, like, tuning out right now. What else have I got to watch on YouTube or in my podcast app? Well, stay with me. Let's enjoy this together. Here we go. It's not easy being the internet's top true crime analyst. <laughs> Citation needed. Yeah, it's like a wiki. You ever read those Wikipedia pages where it's like really talking up the person? And at the top it says like, this article may have its uh, may have been contributed to by someone close to the source. And it's like, yeah, this person wrote it themselves and they talked themselves up big time. Or their agents or their people did or whoever. All those long hours spent discussing, uh, dissecting cold cases. But life's not all about murders and disappearances. Sometimes you have to just take a break from all of that. And I don't know, go do drugs on a boat with James Cameron. That image is going to endure for a thousand years, I think. And that's exactly what I'm talking to you about today. In this Casual Criminalist short, we'll be examining one of the most peculiar unsolved mysteries in Hollywood history. Its victims, some of the biggest A-listers of the 1990s. This is the case of the great Titanic PCP spiking of 1996. Okay, so uh, I have to say, rather understandably, I guess, I thought this was about the original Titanic and some sort of PCP incident. <laughs> But I'm glad it's not, because that makes a whole lot more sense with my knowledge of drugs. I mean, I'm pretty sure PCP wasn't around. Were people, like, doing hallucinogenic drugs back in the day? Anyway. On set. In the late evening of August the 8th, 1996, the cast and crew of James Cameron's Titanic were well into their final stint of filming in Nova Scotia, Canada. After wrapping up this leg of the production, the plan was to travel down to the sunnier shores of Mexico, where the main set awaited a gigantic replica of the original ship. The last night was the culmination of five weeks of work, filming all those framing scenes where the elderly Rose goes hunting for the wreck of the titular ship. Kate Winslet, Leonardo DiCaprio were absent for this part of the filming as they'd only be needed for the period drama part filmed in Mexico. Some big names who were in attendance included Bill Paxman, Susie Amis, producer John Landau, and of course, James Cameron himself. Since much of the filming needed to be done at night, the crew had become temporarily nocturnal, which meant stopping for lunch at midnight. The catering company brought in a nice spread, one of the perks of working on the most expensive movie ever made at the time. 
Reports of his fateful buffet mention Italian food, vegetarian dishes, and most importantly, great big pots of chowder. Some say it was lobster chowder, some clam, some mussel, but the one ingredient that everyone can agree upon was copious amounts of psychedelics. <laughs> Just like my granny used to make it. That's right, somewhere out of frame, someone had decided to spike one of the pots of chowder, inadvertently kickstarting one of the weirdest Hollywood parties of all time. Over 60 members of the cast and crew unwittingly ate from the pot, including Cameron, with some even going up for a second helping. It's amazing. I mean, I don't want to be dark, but it's kind of surprising this doesn't happen more often. Because it's got to be really easy to poison people, right? Like, thinking about it, like, how you could just slip something in. Although you'd kind of expect, like, this is a huge movie that they'd be a bit more careful with security and stuff. But, I mean, you're not feeding the president. It's not like every step is going to be watched and everyone's been background checked. It's just like a catering company, right? Anyway. Victim Testimony as Paxton later reported, it only took about 15 minutes after breaking bread for things to get all kinds of weird. After everyone got back to work, Cameron disappeared to go make himself throw up. With his head spinning, he got completely disoriented along the way. At first, he diagnosed himself with having something called paralytic shellfish neurotoxin. That's a kind of natural poisoning caused when shellfish accumulate high quantities of neurotoxins from microscopic algae. Serious business, and not what you need to hear when you're tripping balls. By the time the Academy Award-winning director finally found the toilet, threw up, then came back to the set, the whole place was empty. As he put it in a 2009 interview with Vanity Fair, I get back to the set and nobody's there. I'm standing at the monitors, near the camera, and the room is empty. It was like the Twilight Zone. The reason they had all taken off was because dozens of the crew had started exhibiting the same symptoms. Not only the nausea, but also alternating waves of intense well-being and intense anxiety, which will sound extremely familiar to anyone who had an experimental phase at uni. I have never done PCP, and um, it doesn't sound very good. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, well-being sounds great. Intense anxiety sounds like, well, I'm just paying for all that well-being, aren't I? doesn't really seem worth it. As one of the onset painters, Marilyn McAvoy, later told Voice, it was kind of like a combination of being high on marijuana and being drunk. I was functioning, I was reading magazines, it was like a dream. That sounds pretty great though, like being high and drunk at the same time. That sounds like a good time, that sounds a lot better than intense anxiety. <laughs> Cameron found her and the rest of the cast and crew organizing themselves into two lines. One for people who felt fine, and one for anyone suffering from the giggles, a stomachache, or in intense existential terror. Exactly, it sounds like great, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy, this is great. Oh no, I have intense existential terror, that sounds horrific. More and more people started leaving the OK line for the yeah, I'm probably very high line, where half of the people were weeping and the other half were in hysterics. <laughs> this shouldn't be funny. These people got terribly drugged. Eventually, it became clear that anyone who, like Suzy Amis, abstained from the chowder was fine. Paxton was not among them. He later told an interviewer, One minute I felt okay, the next minute I felt so goddamn anxious I wanted to breathe into a paper bag. With a good chunk of the crew potentially about to drop down dead from seafood poisoning, the sober ones decided it was time to get them to a hospital. The Hospital They had the production company's drivers bring round the vans and loaded five dozen tripping Hollywood folk into the back of them. Imagine being an ER nurse on that night as this drugged-up rabble burst through the doors all at once. Somebody call TMZ. 
By this point, the drugs have kicked in even more, with some of the affected going down the rabbit hole into flashback and freakout territory. The rest, however, were impossible to contain. Each patient was given their own cubicle, separated by curtains, but soon they started leaping out and running amok like a bunch of unruly toddlers. People were falling over. It's not funny. These people have been terribly drugged, but it's also funny at the same time. People were falling over onto gurneys, racing down the hallways in wheelchairs. Paxton joined a conga line led by cinematographer Caleb Deschanel, father to the slightly more famous Zoe. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his name right there. Deschanel, Zoe Deschanel. Isn't she the one from that? Is she the one from Bones? Even Cameron had chilled out by this point, lying in his hospital bed, blood running down his cheek, giggling away. He had been stabbed in the face with a pen by one of his staff, but he was too buzzed to care. Stab wounds, conga lines, people weeping in the corners. Just sounds like a standard house party in the UK, to be honest. So nostalgic. While the ER was being torn apart by drugged-up film folk, the hospital staff were busy pursuing the food poisoning theory. They forced everyone to drink activated charcoal, a liquid variety which stops anything further being absorbed into the bloodstream. Over the next few hours, things started to simmer down. The damage to the filming schedule was already done, but at least nobody died. I mean, one of the cast members, Gloria Stewart, who played the elderly Rose, was 76 at the time. That's got to be pretty intense. Being like a 76-year-old just absolutely tripping balls on PCP. Unless she was a hardened ex-hippie, the drugs could have hit her body hard, but thankfully she was eating out at a restaurant when the whole thing went down. She was eating out at a restaurant at midnight? I mean, <laughs> Rose, what are you up to? Paxman had already bowed out by the time the cups of charcoal were being passed around, too. He told the director, Jim, I'm not going to hang out here. This is bedlam. I'm going to wander back to the set and just drink a case of beer. Apparently that worked wonders, but I should add that neither I nor Bill Paxman is a doctor, and the NHS website does not list Carlsberg as a remedy for a bad trip. Carlsberg is a remedy to nothing, because it's awful, Callum. As for the rest of the afflicted cast and crew, a nice cup of disgusting charcoal and some bed rest was all they needed. After that, they were right back on set the very next night to continue shooting, which must have been one of the worst days at the office imaginable. I don't know, does PCP give you a bad hangover? Um, and just a comment there, charcoal is not that bad. I've had the charcoal in like pill form rather than liquid form. It's really good. Like if you got an upset tummy or something like that, it's uh, it quite helps. I've, it, I guess it just absorbs stuff. I have no idea. I just take it. It makes me feel better. <laughs> could be placebo for all I know. I'm not using it to soak up PCP. Suspects. By this point, the police had already been alerted to the incident. The toxicology report soon came back to reveal that PCP was to blame. Also known as angel dust, this drug can cause hallucinations, sensory malfunctions, and even violent behavior like <laughs> stabbing the director of Terminator 2 in the face with a biro, for instance. Talk to the hand. Now, as funny as the idea of a film set descending into giggling madness is, indiscriminately spiking dozens of people is still a pretty serious crime. Yes, no doubt. Um, because, like, 76-year-old Rose could have died. Or all of these, uh... Yeah, this is not a joke. The police launched a full investigation. They compiled lists of everyone on set at the time, who was affected, who wasn't affected, who held a grudge, etc. In the end, they were unable to come up with any definite suspects and closed the investigation after two and a half years. That's not to say it was a total mystery, however. The fact that the particular pot of chowder chosen was nearest to Cameron's table led some to speculate that it was an act of revenge against him. But who could it have been? Had Tom Cruise rappelled down from the ceiling as vengeance for missing out on the lead role? Can you imagine Tom Cruise in Titanic instead of Leonardo DiCaprio? That'd be so weird. That'd be so weird. But I can't imagine it. I can't. I can imagine it, but it doesn't seem right. 
and I don't know why. Maybe, but actually, there's a more likely candidate. Cameron is pretty certain that a certain ex-crew member was to blame. The unnamed suspect, some say a chef, was apparently fired just the day before over his unprofessional conduct with the catering company. A touch of PCP and the chowder would have been the perfect way to get back at both the production and the caterers all at once. In the end, it worked. The film company fired the caterers the very next day, suspecting that one of their people may have been to blame. That suspicion probably led plenty of the crew to bring their own ham sandwiches from there on out, but the caterers were adamant that the PCP was brought in by Hollywood folk. Whatever the case, the show went on. It did, because Titanic was made. Enormously successful movie. The Titanic cast and crew went down to Mexico, endured a host of other non-psychedelic setbacks, and scooped up 11 Oscars for their troubles. And nobody in Hollywood ever took drugs ever again. The end. <laughs> it's not really the end, because there's a wrap-up right here. That brings to a close our retelling of one of the most unfortunate incidents in blockbuster history. Or fortunate, depending on your feelings about free PCP soup. I don't like I don't have a problem with drugs. That's fine. Do all the PCP you want. What I don't like <laughs> is being drugged. <laughs> When there were elderly people and children involved, though, you really have to question the judgment of the culprit. I, for one, will not be condoning the spiking of soups. Definitely not, Callum. We are not condoning that. I'm not sure why you'd bring it up as a point. <laughs> Nor the consumption of angel dust. However, I do have a pretty banging recipe for LSD chicken balti. I'll leave a link in the description. No, you won't, Callum. <laughs> This has been a short episode of The Casual Criminalist. I, as always, have been your host, Simon. Thank you to Callum for putting together this script. And I never thank Jen. Jen does all the uh, the music and the graphics if you're watching this show. So thank you, Jen, as well. And, uh, well, thank you for listening or watching. If you are watching this show, smash the like button. Make sure you're subscribed if you're listening to it in its podcast form. Well, this is also a video show. It's also an audio show. You can uh, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Although Spotify doesn't support reviews for podcasts, which is frustrating. But anyway, thank you for listening or watching. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.